As we look into the Word of God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit would speak through me and encourage and lift and just cause us, Father God, to leave strengthened because of the goodness of our God, the faithfulness of our God, and we thank you that we can be together uh, in the house tonight, worshiping you and honoring you. So we just give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn over to Galatians, if you would, real quick. And tonight I want to minister to three different types of people. The first two uh, you're going to find yourself in. And if you're finding yourself in the third, you need to get in the race. But I believe that there are two types of people here in particular. This year is beat up on you and you've more had a mark left on you than you've left your mark. But that's all right because God is still with you. You're still alive. Amen. I'm going to say that again so that way I can make sure that you heard what I said. It seems as though this year has left more of a mark on you than you may have left a mark on the year. But again, that's okay because God is with you. He hasn't given up on you. You're still alive. You're here tonight. There's hope. Amen. And there's another set of people that, man, you're just blowing and going and you've left your mark on this year and you're believing the end of this year and the beginning of next year. You're just going to continue in that momentum and praise God for those people as well. Amen. And then the third type of people is you're just stagnant and you need to get in the race. There's something going on around you. I don't know if you knew about that, but we're, we're, we're seeing souls in the balance. And so we're to be actively pursuing. Amen. But Galatians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is encouraging the church in Galatia, the Christians that are gathering there in that region. And he says a very familiar thing in the ninth chapter. This is by the Holy Ghost, by the way. He says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. He says, don't grow weary while doing good. Now in the context of that, the sixth verse says, let him who was taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap. Let us not grow weary while doing good. So if you're here today and you're, man, I'm, I, I was excited. 2016 just seemed to go up and up and up and up and up. And it was like I didn't have any issues. Come counsel me after service tonight because 2016 was a difficult year for me. Uh, the ministry had all kinds of challenges, but praise God, he brought us through it and we overcome. Amen. <clears throat> but uh, you may be saying, man, this was nothing. Well, just continue in that momentum and continue in that pace. Don't grow weary while you're doing well, while you're doing good. Maintain and continue to stay, amen, in that position that you're walking in. Praise God for the victory that you've received in Christ, and praise God that uh, you're maintaining uh, that position. You know, it's so important that we understand uh, we have the victory in every single area, in every single aspect of our life. We need to approach every trial and every tribulation, every issue, everything that we face from the vantage point of victory. We have victory. Amen? Amen. The Apostle Paul, if you turn over to Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul also gives us a, an encouragement in uh, the Word of God. He's encouraging the church here uh, in chapter 2, Thess 3, 13. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing well, in doing good. So there are a couple of verses for us to just see that this was something that the Holy Spirit was talking to the church about. He still is talking to the church about it. Amen. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. 
Don't grow weary. Just continue. If you're walking on top, if you're walking above and not beneath, and you're walking on top, then don't stop doing the things that got you there. If it was dedication to Bible reading and dedication to church attendance and dedication to prayer, then continue in those things. Don't grow weary in doing them. If you are not walking on top and have been walking beneath and not above, well, there's some good word for you tonight as well. Amen? Neither one of us, I don't believe that we should be in a position where we're just completely disengaged. There's a thing going on around us. There's this, this great striving and contention for the souls of humanity. And we need to wake up and get involved. If we're, if we're sitting around saying 2016, I didn't even know it was 2016. Well, praise the Lord. Get, get help. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 15, we're, or excuse me, Chronicles chapter 15. We're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures here and watch the faithfulness of God. I want to tell you something quickly, though, that will maybe help you. The, the time of the children of Israel, for 350 years, they were ruled by judges. And in 350 years... There are seven cycles. Say seven. There are seven cycles in 350 years of Israel walking with God, and then someone had a really great idea. And they decided to stop walking with God and stop fellowshipping with God and stop doing the things that they were supposed to be doing. And then what happened was sin entered into the whole entire people. They were led astray into sin. Most of the time, seven times actually, they were brought into oppression to some degree from a foreign enemy or king. And then there's this repentance to the Lord. And they say, oh Lord, we're so sorry. If you bring us out of bondage, if you bring us out of captivity, if you bring us out of this this situation, we're going to serve you. And so the Lord will rise up a judge and use a judge to be able to bring the children of God back to him and get them out of their sin and out of their bondage and out of their oppression and getting them to a place of repentance and then getting them back to a place of right standing with God. And they did this seven times as a nation, seven times. What are you talking about that for tonight, Pastor Brian? Because it's important for us to learn from past mistakes. We can be in right standing with God and do the things that we're supposed to do. And by the way, the Bible says if we know what it is that we're supposed to do and we do it not, it's accounted unto us as sin. So for us, we know these things that we're supposed to do and praise God that we are not going to go into oppression from a foreign enemy, um, but we may fall pray to the enemy's attack in our life because the door may be opened. And it's so important because theology, if we care about Bible uh, theology, um, we do not see God allowing things to happen to his people. There's not this allowing where God caused it to happen. There's my sin opened a door and God couldn't protect me because my sin, sin, not not God's just liking me more than he's liking you or vice versa. Amen. And so we have to understand for us, when we're doing what's right and we're walking on top, we have to make sure that we maintain that. Because the most important thing that I can say to you tonight, those of you who have had a, a good year and things have been going well for you, don't forget where you came from. That's what Pastor John Osteen used to say all the time. If you're ever going to get where you're going to go, you're never going to be able to forget where you came from. 
Don't forget where you came from. And don't forget the steps that you took to get to that place and make sure that you take heart and pay attention and keep good record so that way you maintain the things that you are doing to get you in that place where you are on top. Don't fall into sin. Don't, don't fall into oppression. Don't, don't go through cycles. Everybody say cycles. There's no reason for you to go through cycles of walking in victory and walking in health and walking in provision and then falling into sin and going into oppression and then being delivered and being established and going well and doing good. Cycles. Everybody say cycles. Isn't it interesting how we can see in lives of Christians cycles, patterns. Everything's going good. We're doing good. And sometimes this job that, that I have, it's interesting because people are like, man, I don't know how you knew that about me. Oh, because it's super easy to tell. Because it's the same for everybody. Someone comes to me and says, man, I've been discouraged. I've been depressed. I, I haven't been feeling good. I haven't been thinking good. I haven't been talking good. I haven't been acting good. My number one question is, how much have you been reading the Word? How much time you've been spending in God's presence? Not, not, not just going to church, but honest to God, personally worshiping Him and honoring Him and pressing in to His person to know Him intimately. Because there are cycles where we do good for a season and we press in and we get this kind of jailhouse religion. We get into trouble and, oh God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. I knew I, I blew it. I messed it. I missed the mark. I messed up. I, I sinned against you. And if you just bail me out, I promise, 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 I'm never going to do it again. I'll be the best Christian that you have in church. I'll be at church every single Sunday and every single Wednesday, and I'll never be late. And then all of a sudden, we get ourselves out of that mess because we turn to God, and he delivers us. And there's repentance that comes, and then there's restoration that comes. And we do these things for a season. Everybody say season. It's important that we pay attention to these words, seasons and cycles and patterns, because we can avoid them in our lives. Now, you will say, well, Pastor Brian, how is it that you didn't avoid seasons and cycles and patterns in your life? I didn't say I had them in my life. I said that there are hard times in the what? Ministry. There are difficult things in the ministry. My relationship with Jesus Christ is disconnected from the ministry. I, I haven't gone through a cycle or a pattern or a season in my life with the Lord. I'm talking about the ministry. And the reason for that, for some of that, has been some of the people that we're discussing that have been going through cycles and seasons and patterns. Can I get a better? Yeah. Amen. So we don't want to do good, repent, get right do good, and then find ourselves backing off to him who knows what to do and does it not to him as count as sin. Find ourselves backing off. I've, I've, Pastor Dana and I have talked, and this is not gossipful. We, we've watched people, and the elders as well, we've watched people and say, hey, grab a hold of this person, reel them in, because if we're not careful, they're going to go and they're going to spin out. Then there's going to be this time of going into oppression where they have to be delivered 
not to be stood back up on their feet and dusted off and patted on the bottom and say, now let's go on and move on. Yes or no? Is this true or not true? Why? Because there's cycles and there are patterns and there are seasons. We don't want to fall prey to the enemy. People think the devil's super smart. He is not. He's not an originator. He's not a creator. All he can do is use the same bag of tricks that he's been using for 6,000 years. It's the same thing that he did in the, in the people of God in the time of the judges. It's the same thing that he's doing today. If he can get one person separated because, hey man, I'm doing good. I can skip a Sunday morning. It's not that big of a deal. Oh man, I knew he was going to talk about coming to church. Well, you pick the topic. We can talk about anything. Bible reading. Hey man, I'm doing good. I'm riding high. Everything's going good. And, and I've got peace like I've never had before and joy and strength like I've never had before and money's flowing and the anointing's in my home and in my relationships and everything is great. I don't have to read the Bible on Saturday. It'll be all right. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you find yourself three Saturdays from now and you're like, oh crap, I haven't read the word at all. It's better to use that analogy than going to church. Because it all applies. It's just a cycle and a pattern. So we need to get ahead of this. Everybody shake your rattle at me. We need to get ahead of this and realize that he's just going to throw the same thing at me and I don't have to fall for it. People, <laughs> I remember talking to Pastor Michael Jonathan, Jonathan's dad, Elizabeth's father-in-law. And he said, if people knew how much we love them and how much we're trying to help them, if God would let us just screw their head open and pour the truth into them and then screw it back on and say, there, now go do this stuff because it really will help you. And they think, oh man, you know, I went to church on Wednesday night and it's a holiday week and he's harping on me for not going to church. Yeah. Because that's what <laughs> I haven't got anything better to do tonight than just harp on you for not coming to church. You're the ones that are here. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to keep you from a pitfall. I'm trying to keep you from a shipwreck. I'm trying to keep you walking in that place where things are going good. Let's not forget, don't grow weary when you're doing good. And I always have said this to people, watch out. You don't have to be afraid and fearful and tremble, but watch out because when you are walking right with God and in right standing with God, which is only through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you're in right relationship with God and doing what it is that God has asked you to do, you know, walk humbly with God, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Watch out because the enemy's going to do anything he can to get you distracted. Say distracted. He tries to get you distracted. And if he can get you distracted, just like he did to the people of God in the time of the judges. Then two and a half weeks go by and you're like, crap, man, I haven't been to church. I haven't read my Bible. Other than McDonald's, I can't remember the last time I prayed. I only prayed over McDonald's because I didn't want to get gut rot. <laughs> Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good cycles we don't have to do that we cannot grow weary what does that word weary mean it means stay vigilant and stay on the on the aggressive don't lay back and rest on your laurels 
don't find yourself in a place where, man, I've been having peace and joy and I've been happy in the anointing and the presence of God and God's moving in my life. And then, <laughs> and then people are like, you know, I think I'll just stop coming to church. Oh, strong move. That's a real strong move. Crickets. It won't be long. It won't be long and you're going to have this impact. And then somebody about 30 times a week, somebody is going to have to call you and say, hey, how are things going? I, I know you've been hurting, and I know you've been discouraged, and I know times have been real hard. Someone, I don't know who, just some random guy named Brian will have to get a hold of you and be like, come on, Christian, get up on your horse again. Let's, let's ride. Let's get back on the path. Let's do what we know we're supposed to do. Let's not let the enemy. And so, you know, cycles. Wouldn't it be cool if individually we didn't have these cycles in 2017? We'd be the first to say amen. Because that means that ministerially we wouldn't have these cycles. We'd all be here and we'd all serve God and we'd all do our part and we'd all give and serve and pray and, and watch the vision come to life in the lives of the people that we're ministering to. Wouldn't it be awesome if we didn't have these patterns this year? I think we can do it. I think we can do it. And I think the key is Galatians 6 and 2 Thess 3. If we just don't grow weary in doing good. Don't quit. Don't lax. Don't relax. Don't step back. Just continue to press in with the perseverance and the determination that I'm not going to Why in the world would I lighten up now? Amen. <laughs> And people say this all the time. You know, at some point in time, we've got to be careful that we don't just give up just short of the miracle of God being released in our life. And I can tell you myself personally, and I can tell you others if they would be honest in this room tonight, we've seen that happen in our lives. We've, we've laxed in an area or laxed maybe in a certain confession of the Word of God. And right on the brink of when we thought it was going to come, we missed it because we just kind of laxed off slid back. That doesn't mean come out of relationship with Jesus. That's not what that means. That means we just grew weary when we were doing good. So I'd say this to those of you who have, in your personal life, those of us who have beat the patterns, don't stop now. Don't quit now. Double down on it and press in even further. Because it may just be that God wants to use you in helping somebody or assist someone else to get them down the road. That peace that you have in your home, maybe that's to be released to somebody else. That, that joy that you have, maybe that's to be shared with somebody else. Amen? I'm preaching real good already. So again, everybody say cycles. So you look into Judges, there's 350 years and there's seven cycles of the people of God. Doing good, doing bad, going into oppression, oppression, excuse me, repenting, being delivered. Seven cycles in 350 years. It seems like someone would have stood up and said, knock it off. Don't do that anymore. 
You're hurting all of us. You know what I mean? They tried. Isn't it interesting? Oh, Lord. Isn't it interesting that they were stiff-necked and rebellious and know-it-alls? We don't have any of that going on today, praise God, in the church. But isn't it interesting that in history we could see that they were stiff-necked and they were rebellious and they knew everything? Oh, if we could just be delivered from those things. God, you all look the same. Everything else looks the same. I'm still in the right church, right? Christians aren't supposed to be stiff-necked. We're not supposed to be rebellious. We're not supposed to be know-it-alls. Proverbs says, do not be wise in your own eyes. We're not supposed to be know-it-alls. We're supposed to be teachable, humble, pliable, moldable, impressionable in the good sense. Not tossed about and carried around, but to be able to be impressed by the Holy Spirit, to be changed and formed and have our psyche changed and have our emotions strengthened and, you know, humble. Not rebellious. And <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 15. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Odeb. And he went, verse 1, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Now, praise God for the new covenant. This doesn't happen to us. Amen. He's with us forever. He's always with us. He says, If you seek him, this still applies, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, without the law. But when in their trouble they turned in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And I'm talking about people who are in cycles and in patterns now. Who faced difficulty, and maybe some of it wasn't even your own fault. Now I, I'm not trying to <laughs> to create and to breed victims here, but there are people that have things happen to them. That is true. Not everything that happens in the earth is the devil. Sometimes there's just time and chance, according to the word of God, happens to all of us. Yeah? Sometimes we're stupid and do things that are dumb and we get ourselves into trouble. And sometimes the enemy's trying to catch us up and discourage us and drop our sails and stop the wind and just let us sit out there and float when we're trying to get someplace. So you find out where you are. But to those, when you're in trouble, I can say this of a surety. Why in the world, when you find yourself in trouble, in tribulation, in a test that didn't come from God, in a trial, in a problem, in a failure, in a discouragement, in a battle. Why in the world would you stay away from God? And why would you stay away from his house in his word? When you are in trouble, 
You crawled out to him, you cried for him, and he heard you. You turned to the Lord God of Israel, verse 4, and sought him, and he was found. If you're in that position today, turn to God and begin to seek him. Haul your happy bottom back to the church and get in the presence of God and hear the word. Amen? Come to church. Seek God. He's the only one that gets you out of this mess. Don't run from him. Don't try to do it yourself. Cut the bootstraps off of your shoes and lean on him. Don't try to pull yourself up. It'll never work. You'll never get out of the mess that you're in. You'll never get out of the pit. You'll never get out of the hole. Turn to God. Jonah didn't get out of the belly of the great fish because he was able to light a fire and get the thing to sneeze him out. Hello. Turn, turn to God in your trouble. He turned to the Lord God and sought him. He was found by them. And in those times, there was no peace to the one. Listen to this. There was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. Great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. Someone just got done saying, man, he's talking about my house. <laughs> I don't have any peace when I go. I don't have any peace when I come back. Everybody in my house is miserable. Even the fish is miserable. Nobody's happy. There's great turmoil in my land. Cut the bootstraps off your shoes. You can't lift yourself out of the mess you're in. Turn to God. Amen. It's the only way. Get out of this cycle. Get off of this wheel. Get out of the pattern. Break that thing and say, bless God, no matter what comes against me, hell or high water or both, I'm going to continue to be found faithful in God's house. And if i got to drag myself to the church, I'm going to go to church. You know, this idea that has crept into the body of Christ, shame on the body of Christ. I'm staring at an exit light so no one thinks I'm talking to them. Shame on the body of Christ, Jim, that we would somehow have a notion that we should no longer come to God's house with God's man and God's people. What in the world are we thinking? What are we thinking? I don't need a preacher. I don't need a pastor. I don't need to go to church. I am the house of God. You're a moron, and you're going to find yourself in a pit. What in the world? Are we thinking any heathen in any developed nation in the world? How many times have you heard me say this one? You could approach any heathen in any developed nation of the world and ask said heathen, where do Christians go on Sunday? And they would say, to church. But we don't, we, we, we don't have it figured out yet. But the word of God said that the mountain of the Lord's house would be established above all other mountains. He's talking about the place where the people of God come together and meet with the God of all flesh. He's not talking about me being exalted as his house above all other mountains. He's talking about the place where we assemble together. And if we're in two tune with what is happening in the day and age that we're living in, then we will assemble together all the more, not all the less, all the more. And he said that the mountain of the Lord's house would be established above all other mountains. 
family? <gasps> yeah, even family. All other mountains. Education, entertainment, commerce, occupation, all other mountains. Cut the bootstraps off of your shoes. Stop being so ignorant and arrogant that you think you can do it better than God. And in your trouble, turn to Him. Turn to Him. Keep reading, Pastor. Okay, well. So he said, there's no, pre there's no peace. No peace when I come in. No peace when I go out. Turmoil on all the inhabitants of the land. And the nation was destroyed by, excuse me, the nation was destroyed by nation. And city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong. and Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. I'm thinking about this. The Spirit of the Lord God came upon this man, and he went out to meet him, and he said, Asa, listen to me. And he talked about the time that Asa was living in, and he gave him a warning, and he said, don't mess this thing up. This land has been without the law and been without a priest and been without peace and been without victory and been, been without health and been without strength for all this time. And here, the prophet of the Lord is saying, don't screw it up. Don't let your hands get weak. So I'm talking to those who maybe have been in that cycle five minutes. You can sit there and blame all the things that you want to blame, but at some point, you're going to have to take a look at the dude in the mirror and say, I may have, oh God, I may have had something to do with this. It's interesting how the sense of entitlement creeps in, and then somehow we shirk any responsibility. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're amening, but that's all right. We'll just keep going. How about taking a look in the mirror and saying, hey, what if maybe... We could be honest and say, I'll let my hands get weak. If it was out of our control and impossible for us to be able to maintain a position of not being weary while doing well, why would the Holy Spirit tell us don't? So it must be possible for us to get into a place where we get weary while we're doing well. And here the, the man of God is saying, don't let your hands get weak. Your work will be rewarded. You will reap if you faint not. This is encouraging. Amen. What we're talking about is being able to take a real look in the mirror at who we are, what we are, and where we are right now on this day and this time and this year. And say, hey, I like, where, I like how things are happening. I like where we're headed with this mess. The Lord jumped in my boat, got all the stuff cleaned up, got the water out, fixed the holes and the cracks, and I like where we're headed. I think I'm going to keep headed. Here's a warning. Don't stop doing what you've been doing. Double down and do it more. Or you look at yourself and say, you know what? I see where I've allowed a breach to enter in. I've let my hands get weak. I've grown, grown weary while doing good. I need to do something about that. The first step is admitting it. The more we spend trying to find out who the person is to blame, the less we spend trying to solve the problem. And the way to solve the problem is, when you're in trouble, turn to the Lord. You'll find him, and he'll be there. Isn't it interesting that the Lord just isn't cold turkey, randomly just intervene wherever? That's theology. 
That's actually not theology. That's Christian mythology. We think that God's just going to empty out hospitals. No, he's not. Absolutely he's not. The law of faith says he can't. The word says he can't. God's just not going to empty out a hospital. You're not just going to walk through the hallways and everybody's just going to get healed and empty it out. Where's that in the book? I said, where's that in the book? The Bible says of Jesus, everyone who came to him, everyone who came to him, not everyone that he came to, there are a whole lot of folk that didn't get healed where he went. But those who came to him believing, those who came to him with the confession and the belief that he was the son of God, that he was the healer, that he could heal. The Bible says he went into the highways and the byways. The Bible says that he sent the 70 out to preach the gospel, and then he himself went to their own towns, and he healed all who came to him. Not everybody in the place. The people that came to him. It'd be better if we'd do the book. We can't search to find who's responsible for this or that or the other. Here's a watchman saying to the man of God, don't allow your hands to be weak or weary. Don't do it. Jesus said this, let not your heart be troubled. Don't do it. You have a part in this. We're talking about pressing in so that we, we could actually become the man or the woman that God has made us to be in Christ. Not giving up, not quitting, not being just weak and in these cycles of defeat, but being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Seeing the attack that's going to come against us and standing on our own two feet and standing up and saying, I'm tired of being tired and discouraged and depressed and broke, busted and disgusted. I'm not doing it anymore. The word of God says that I don't have to and I'm not going to. God honors his word. But he honors our faith in his word. And you've heard me say this before, your faith is voice activated. You better be saying the word of God. I was just praying over someone before we came into church, and I said, every anxious thought that rises up, Father, I ask that the spirit of the living Christ would remind them of the word in their spirit, and they would speak the word of God to every anxious thought. Your faith is voice activated. You better say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. I've been bought at a high price. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I'm washed in the blood. I'm redeemed. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I'm healed. Amen. You better say something because your mind's going to be just reeling on you. So you better say something. What are we saying? Double down. If you're doing it right, double down on it. Press in even more and do it even with a more tenacity and fervency. Why? Because the day is getting darker. Don't let your hands get weak. Don't let your hands get tired. Now's the time to press in. Now's the time to push. Now's the time to not grow weary in well-doing. This isn't the time to slack off and to lay back and to say, well, you know, it's busy and it's cold and it's 2017. No, now's the time to say, man, I'm not going to wait until June to do something for God. I'm doing something January 1. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. William Booth, I'm going to end with this. This will be the last thing I'll say in the pulpit in 2016. I actually had an uh, a open vision. I, I would call it more of a word of knowledge. And the Lord showed me preaching. I wouldn't have picked this shirt, but the Lord... No, that's a joke. That's not true. <laughs> William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said, I am not waiting for a move of God. 
I am a move of God. He wasn't talking about William Booth. He was talking about the child of God who knows who they are in Christ and is actively doing something. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I am a move of God. When I show up, God stuff starts happening. I'm pushing back the powers of darkness. I'm pushing back the cause and effect of sin and lawlessness and discouragement and depression and the sinful nature and the rule and the dominion of Satan. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I'm not waiting for something to spark in me to get me excited to go and do something. I am a move of God, and whenever I show up to the situation, God stuff starts happening, following me. Didn't the word itself say, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you'll dwell in the, oh, go to church, in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I'm not waiting for a spark. I'm not, I'm not waiting for a Holy Ghost unction to go to church, to serve God, to honor God, to witness to people, to pray for the sick, to offer salvation to the lost. No, I am a move of God.